Maddie, welcome. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's so do wait. it. Um, for those that don't know you, uh, let's maybe hit us with a quick elevator pitch. Who is Maddie? What do you do? Okay, so I'm doing the intro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, we found it off to you. Um, I'm 23 years old. I started a brand in 2020 selling film cameras. Initially started selling vintage cameras, eventually realized that they're in short supply, there was high demand. So decided to manufacture and bring out my own camera. And now I've got a business called 35mm Co. Unreal. I feel like that wasn't the best elevator. No, that, pitch, was, no, that, was, that was, was too like good. Short, yeah, yeah. I was like, did you read <laughs> that off like, some palm cards? Or like, <laughs> no, no, I, I loved it. It was an amazing uh, business elevator pitch. What about the, the Maddie Stefanis elevator pitch? Who is, who is Maddie? So I grew up in Melbourne, went to school here. Two years ago, decided to move to the Gold Coast with my partner. Always loved business, always sold something from, as you guys would know, like the age of 10 years old. You're always just trying to get your hands on something you can sell. That's probably the best pitch I can give you. Cool. That's dope. Unreal. And how's the Goldie been? Yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. So nice. Definitely different. Melbourne winter. Are you like a uh, sun every day, like on the beach or is that like, is that been the reason you've moved there or? Funnily enough, I'm not much of like, I'm not a surfer okay. or anything <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a better lifestyle. Like everyone's up there in the mornings. Your day starts earlier. I feel like there's so many more hours in the day. Mm. It's just the mentality up there. Yeah, it's really nice. Have you moved, like, have you had many operations to move up there or is it pretty lean team? You're working online. What does it look like? So lean. So everyone, basically the whole business is contractors. I've got one employee in-house who's based up in Burley. We've got an office up there. Our 3PL is in Melbourne and we've got one in the US. So I basically just had to take myself. Wow. wow. That's yeah. so, so you, just to clarify, so the team is how big? Two. Two. Wow. wow. That's crazy because this is for those listening that don't know. Now I'm sure now they know Maddie after those elevator pitches, but <laughs> this is a very successful business, you know, especially like from the outside perspective, looking at your socials, you know, like 100,000 on TikTok nearly. We'll celebrate. I think we're at 98 or 9. Maybe after this podcast, you know, everyone jump on yeah, their phone. Yeah, come on, guys. Who knows? <laughs> Something like that. And then Instagram at like over 60,000. That's absolutely insane. How long have you been running it for? We've been running. So the camera we sell now, we launched in August of 2021. Mm -hmm. Cool. Middle of COVID. Coming up to two years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's such a craze, this whole film camera. Yeah. And, and that's the, are you talking about the revolver? Is that the? the Reloader. Reloader. Sorry. Close. Revolver. No, no, you're no. fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night. So yeah. close. <laughs> so, so you got the idea from flipping vintage cameras online. Is that Yeah. Correct? So... When I was, I was probably 15 and I had this old Minolta film camera, had no idea how to use it, took it to the NGV because I thought I was so cool. I was like, let's That's a pretty go. cool thing to do. Yeah. Why. When you're 15, I was like, let's go take some photos. They were shocking. Came back so bad. The camera didn't have a flash, just completely dark. So let it sit in my bedroom for a few years and then decided to list it on Marketplace. I put the camera up for 50 bucks and people started bidding and it sold for 250. Wow. So naturally, yeah being the business-minded person I am, I was like, okay, there's something here. Let's start flipping vintage cameras. And so that's how I kind of kicked it off. Well, I love that, Maddie. Like there's so much to that because I feel like so many people sell things on Marketplace even today and they don't take that sort of care and time to have that thought. You know, I, I think I was speaking to my cousin who's similar to you, very business-minded and she was selling like, she had like a Persian rug of some sort and she was like, oh my God, it sold the exact same story, like double the, what she thought. And then she's literally like, oh, maybe I should start selling Persian rugs. And I think it's that train of thought that really, you know, enables you to achieve great things. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many niches. Like, mm. you, yeah, 
so many things that sell and you'd have no idea. Yeah, so l- let's dive in. Like, so the niche we we got film cameras, and you know, I think I'd put a lot of your success down to what you've done on socials. You know, I think it's just incredible the way you do it. Your aesthetic, it's the, the grid is beautiful. It's uh, <laughs> nice, beautiful pastel colors, and yeah, like talk us through. So, I mean, there's a lean team of two. I mean, off the bat, I already like what? What's your colleague's name? Uh, Lil- Liliana. Lily, yeah. Oh, I'll call her. Is that a nickname? Okay. Yeah, Lily. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lily. Drop me down, mate. Yeah. How, how are you, Lily? Um, <laughs> I like what I, I already see straight off the bat that you've got Lily sort of as the face of TikTok. And I think that is such an incredible move. And I like, yeah, you're obviously a master. I want to hear a lot about how you've thought about that decision and how's it all going. To be honest, I think it stemmed from the fact that I didn't want to be the face of the TikTok. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone about the business for a year. No one knew it was my brand. I just didn't want to be attached to it at all. But the reason I brought in Lil was because I wanted a recognisable face of the brand. So people come up to her on nights out and go, you're the 35 girl. And she's like, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe you make me do this. Let's backtrack though. So where did you put your face to the brand or when did you make that jump? So we, we had a Daily Mail article come out and that was the first time I ever posted about 35. What's going on with those Daily Mail articles? Like, who is, like, looks sketchy. I feel like no one really speaks about this, like how Daily Mail press comes about. So basically a journalist, or in my case, you can either pitch to them or I just got a message request in my Instagram DM saying, hey, I saw your brand launched. I'd love to write a story. Basically, give me your revenue, like give me a short summary and we'll write an article. Wow. Nothing is fact checked like I was sitting there being like oh yeah do you want me to email you our Shopify reports <laughs> yeah. and they're like no no it's fine <laughs> they're like make it up it's better <laughs> Double it's, it. it's actually crazy so that's when I first kind of posted and went this is me why why were you hesitant to put your face on it for the first year or so I think I'm a little bit of a quiet achiever like if you bring it back to high school I was always the quiet kid I didn't want to be I'm not like a look at me kind of person I'm very much happy to just do my own thing but I feel like at the same time, like you don't really want people to see you fail. So I think that there's risk in putting yourself out in the open, which is why I admire you guys so much because you've been out there since day one. You're taking people with you on that journey. And then I feel like it's been so valuable because what I've learned over the past two years is who cares if I fail? Like people are going to see it and I'm going to get back up and do whatever it is all over again. So it really doesn't matter. Mm, I'm, I'm so glad you, you concluded that way because I'm sure there's some people listening today that still have that fear. And I mean, we all go through it and yeah, you've come out the other side. Do, do you have any tips on like what really enabled you to get through that? Was it just like a maturity thing? Or was it the Daily Mail prepping you up? Million dollar Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it was the Daily Mail prepping me up because Daily Mail articles come with a lot of hate as well. This is true. So I'm true. not sure that that helped. Um, I think I just got to a point where I actually realised that putting my face to it was more beneficial than being this silent founder. I feel like the connections I've made and the people I have around me now because I've associated myself with the brand has been so incredibly helpful and it's shortened my learning curve so much just by having other founders and people in the space who I can call up on speed dial and ask the stupidest question and they'll help me Mm. so I feel like that's been the most valuable part of putting my face to 35. There's so much to that like we just caught up with a mentor literally just before this uh, podcast and people severely underrate like how many people have been in those shoes before you and 
the you can just move you know 10 steps forward from having those conversations oh absolutely and i'm like shameless with it i'll just dm people on instagram half the people are going to ignore you but the ones who actually do respond like you just never know what's going to come from it yeah I'll nothing to lose 100 exactly you don't know until you ask yeah so you've grown this brand it's been around for a few years now it's grown super quick still only two of you obviously social media has had a huge part to play in this talk us through that that strategy maybe the learnings you've had over the first two years bringing in tiktok how has it looked um from a from an internal view internally it literally started in my house in the middle of a pandemic it was just me at home filming tiktoks every day like i used to sit in my backyard with like a white sheet on the ground (laughs) (laughs) with some cameras just filming videos i think we got in at a really good time where tiktok was on the rise like we were very much there early days posting videos that you would absolutely die at if you looked back on them now (laughs) but they worked and it helped us build a following so I feel like film was trending which was great timing like right product to market fit but we just completely we were there and we were on people's feeds and yeah it just worked incredibly well being on TikTok in that time Mm. so so, so you I was gonna say and then when did Lily come on board to then be so Lil came on board Lily's perfect she came on board she's coming up to a year now okay yeah so when I moved to Queensland she came on board mm-hmm. it's interesting like what I so what phase are you in right now are you sort of consolidating or you know is it are you still seeing that drastic growth or we're still growing we're really focusing on new markets so that's our biggest focus for the next I'd say 12 or so months got new products in the pipeline that have absolutely been killing me. I'm sure you guys would know there's certain products that you just can't get right. Yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed by Christmas, we should have something new on the market. Um, but we're just in this stage of, I guess, really building out our B2B distribution, essentially everywhere that our competitors are, we want to be. So yeah. that's kind of the plan at the moment. What, with your B2B, is that what portion of your business does that make up? At the moment, 30%. Oh, that's quite large. Mm. Yeah. Because you obviously didn't start there. Winning no, not at all. So our first retailer was Universal Store and we took them on last October, mm-hmm. right before Christmas. And that was just the shock of my life. I never expected anything like it. Wow. That's Talk us through, that. has that been everything you thought it would be? Yeah. Well, it's probably been more than I thought it would be. Wow. Um, we just got an email on our like customer care email from a buyer at Universal ended up onboarding us we sell them an exclusive SKU so they've got a purple camera did our first Christmas with them didn't anticipate how much stock they'd need actually ended up like probably under servicing them they could have taken a lot more units from us so huge learning curve and then we're going into Christmas this year with an additional two retailers potentially more so I'm learning every day wow that's and especially with such a lean team like how do you I can imagine you definitely do call some people because, you know, the, who do you like report to when you're confused? Like, or like when you have to make a decision, like, you know, upping the quantity, it, like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting rattled just thinking about <laughs> it. I've probably got five really good friends who all are good at different things. So you kind of just take a pick. Wow. Yeah. It's I like, think that's probably the stage I'm at where, and it's really interesting because as I've met more people in business, everyone does things differently. And it's so crazy because I've got friends who are completely opposite side of the brain to me. They've built their entire brand off like logistics and operation and numbers. And I'm just a marketing girl. Yeah, you're lucky you have two of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely Jack's strength. Not so much mine. What, um, and on that, oh God, I had such a good question that I forgot. Shit, Maddie, we'll come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> It'll come back, Jack. 
Roll off the top. No, 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 come. No, that's right. That's right. What? So I want to know. So your strength's marketing. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. And so, and and you fall down like with numbers or? Oh, I'm shocking. Yeah. So you just call your. So you must have like the five best friends in the world. So you just call them like, hey, <laughs> can you run the numbers for like three wholesale orders that like Australia's biggest reach? Like that's a fair bit of work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sort of stuff I can do. It's things like operations and logistics like we're trying to we're looking at incorporating as a u.s company and it's stuff like that where i'm like where on earth do i start yeah yeah so so you've just outsourced basically yeah everything like if i can get a contractor to do it rather than hiring someone internally i want to keep it as lean as possible so that i have the ability to go wherever i want without taking everything with me yeah i love that that's a really good message for for young startups as well is like don't bite off too much uh or, or more than you can chew at the start like here's someone running you know business worth you know millions of dollars and there's really one of you and uh, an employee as well and yeah shout out to Lily. Shout yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and you, like you don't need an office we have an office we don't need it um we're subleasing it at the moment wow. the top floor you just don't need it mm. like if you can work from home do it i love working from home i feel like that's one of the mistakes i've made i probably didn't need an office but it is really nice to be able to catch up with Lil every few days and just go through things together. But you can so easily do that from a cafe or a co-working space. Mm. Like there are ways around being tied to a physical location. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you get burnt out much? Yeah. (laughs) 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 I have a long history of chronic fatigue. Oh, wow. So I finished high school, had this like huge health breakdown, just was really, really sick for a really long time. And then Started the business while I was at uni, would wake up, go to a class at 8 a.m. By 10 a.m. I was like on the train home, exhausted, and I'd sleep all afternoon. So, yeah, I really can't do much without looking after my health. Yeah, and I mean, living in Burley is a beautiful place to look after your health. How do you, like, give us a a day in the life. Okay, day in the life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm up at five every day, 5.30 Pilates, and then I'm pretty much straight into work. Wow. I just, yeah, I love getting straight into it. I'm most productive in the mornings. I get a bit of the afternoon like slump where I'm I'm just brain dead and I'm not someone who can work at night. I can't pull like the 2 a.m. stint. So I'll just Pilates, work all day, maybe do a sauna in bed by 8.39. What's your diet like? (laughs) I got to know these things. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, I feel like we eat pretty clean. Like, yeah, meat, fish. I don't really have any special diet. Cool. So yeah. reading between the lines, have you overcome a lot of that chronic fatigue? I mean, or it's not at the same level that it used to be at? I've definitely, I've come a long way. I still get acupuncture once a week. I do infrared saunas regularly. So they're kind of the things I do to maintain it. I'm so bad at like meditating, mindfulness. My stress sits like up here. Mm. That's my biggest issue. Mm. Haven't found a mentor for that yet? Mm, not yet. Not quite. <laughs> Can you guys help me? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just as chaotic. Yeah, be careful. You don't want to cu- come with us. Um, <laughs> interesting. No, you, you're, you're, Maddie, you're a bit of a unicorn, to be honest. Like, you're, you know, you're 23, you've moved to the Gold Coast. I think what I'm seeing with you is you're not afraid to take risks. And, you know, in doing that, that's really paid off for you. Um, how do you How do you feel like outside of business? How have you grown moving away with your partner? And yeah, have you seen a big shift in your life in that sense? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it was really refreshing to get out of Melbourne. I'm sure you guys would know, like I've been here my whole life. You see everyone you know, you run into people everywhere. I can go out on the Gold Coast and I know a couple of people. It's just completely different. I think that 
for us, moving out of home wasn't this big deal. We were pretty used to living together. Um, I'm still a terrible cook. I don't clean very well. <laughs> but personally, yeah, I think I've definitely seen a lot of growth. I feel a lot more confident in myself up there. I don't feel like it's funny, you know, how you go on holidays and you feel like this free spirit and you don't know anyone and you feel like you can do anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. That's awesome. That's Sounds like the business has been a great way uh, to almost force you out of your comfort zone in a lot oh, of respects. Absolutely. I was so like, I'm naturally very introverted. I couldn't public speak. If you asked me to do this three years ago, no way. Wow. Yeah, you're holding it down right now. That's for sure. It's been <laughs> a huge shift. Um, um Maddie, I am not too dissimilar to you. You know, I think I'm always charging head first into brick walls and, you know, hoping they break. And if they don't, you get a headache. That was a bit poetic. But anyway, um, my question for you is in juggling all this, like what is enough? Because I, I can see you're striving all the time and achieving as well. It's like, where do you draw a line or, or is it just kind of like go as big and far as you can? Yeah, you're asking the hard questions. <laughs> Sorry. I... <laughs> I don't think there's a limit and I think there's such a danger in that as well because you don't really know where to stop. I'm not sure where I'm ever, not happy, but where do you actually feel satisfied and fulfilled? I don't know and I haven't figured that out and I don't know when I'll figure it out but I just think that you keep going every day. If you make mistakes, you fall back down, you try again. That's honestly my only mentality right now and I don't really, you look at like highly successful business people who just keep going and going and I'm not sure that it ever really stops if it's in your human nature I don't know there's much you can do about it are you hard on yourself oh so hard on myself I never faced any pressure from my parents I was a kid in school that was like I want to do the best I want to be the best and my parents were like you do whatever you want like good job (laughs) interesting yeah do you have siblings yeah I've got a younger sister that's right and how is she she different to you or we're different she's a really smart kid but she's so cruisy she's just like a free spirit interesting yeah, she's not at uni. She's on the other side of the world, just living her life. You've got the yin and yang going on. Yeah. I have another tough question for you, Maddie. Yeah. I feel like I might know the answer based on your on your last response, but what is the definition of, of happiness for you? Or if you don't know, what do you think it is or, or will be? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say just doing something I love, like being able to get up every day. I like my job. And I love working and I couldn't think of anything worse than going to a job that I hate and feeling like my life is mundane and miserable. So I think that my only ideal version of happy right now is to be healthy because without my health, I've got nothing. Mm. To be doing a job that I love and to be surrounded by people that I love. I feel like at the moment that is like my ideal kind of life. Mm. I feel like it's it's a good message because... You hear so many people speak about it, especially entrepreneurs, they speak about all the sacrifices you have to make, you know, running your own business and you know, I've sacrificed my 20s. I think I've heard that like 30 times. But I think a very big part of it as well is like you're doing what you love. Like you wouldn't be doing anything else. So yes, although it may seem like a sacrifice on the outside to others because you may be missing events or not catching up with friends as you used to, but you're, as you just said, you're so happy in that. And so I think it's really important. Um, maybe it's taking away from like the grind aspect or how it's portrayed, you know, in public uh, realms. But I think it's really important to to note that, you know, it isn't all doom and gloom and like super, super hard and you don't have to grind like because ultimately you love it, right? Like this is, we're all doing what we love to do. And so I think that's just a good 
a good message for people. Um, you know, don't be so scared because, uh, you know, ultimately you are where you want to be right now. So yeah, it's absolutely. And, it, you know, some days are doom and gloom and it sucks. But I think that if you just look at the bigger picture, we're so young and what do we really have to lose? Like mm. my backup plan is if the business fails, I'll just go move back in with my parents. Like I have no shame and I'll start something else and I'll do it again and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But right now I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. I don't have any responsibility apart from looking after myself. So I'm just willing to take the risk. Couldn't, that's such an incredible advice. Um, you touched on, you know, some of the tough times in business and, and there certainly is and I can imagine with a lean team as well that, you know, you you wear a lot of the burden on your shoulders. Do you care to go into maybe some of the tougher times or, you know, is there a really dark moment that stands out for you? I don't think there's one really specific dark moment. I feel like there's little things here and there, you know, and everything just gets really hard and it. You just have the worst days where everything's gone wrong. Um, I think our first Christmas was really, really hard. Mm. We didn't forecast our Christmas stock well at all. We air freighted all of our stock. I don't know that we actually pulled a profit that year because the cost of air freight in the middle of COVID was insane. Yeah. Yeah. We were still packing orders from home. So it was my mom, my partner and one of my friends, Will, and we were just day in, day out, like orders every hour of the day, driving to the post office, like back and forth, which was amazing. And I was so grateful for it. But looking back on that time, it was hard. Um, I think that... I've had some interesting, just, I think you just learn so much from dealing with other people in business. And I think that age is a funny one where you don't really think you're going to be taken advantage of, but you wouldn't be surprised. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever had any run-ins, but I think that you just have to back yourself Mm. and watch your back. Again, really well said. I think there's a learning there that I've taken that your first, you got, you got to be kind to yourself early on in business too, because I had a very, it's funny you said Christmas because we had a Christmas issue as well in, in a, a previous business. And it's just, you're learning so hard and fast and back to like the brick walls. And I don't know, it's probably a weird analogy, but there's just, yeah, be kind to yourself early days, I think is, is critical. Um, because if you're not, you know, you're not going to see those, I guess, punches coming and but like, how would you ever know? You know, like you only learn by that really severe sort of pain so that's that, yeah if people are listening and they're early in, on in their business i think they should really sort of get ready for that pain and embrace it in a weird way 100 percent, maddie on this podcast we have a tradition we we like to get down to the uh, nitty-gritties of a business we like to ask the the revenue question yeah um so if you'd be prepared to answer it maybe what is the best revenue month you've done or maybe the best year to date um I can probably tell you lifetime revenue well, only because I told you guys a secret earlier and yeah. There's trust, trust yeah. there. That's what's going on. Lots of trust. Uh, lifetime revenue, maybe oh, like 3.8 mil. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we're probably sitting about that at the moment. And you started when? Just uh, August 2021. Awesome. Yeah, wow. that's, that's two years. Yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy. we're slowly two years, growing. Two girls working away. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's not real money. Yeah. yeah. Not that it's all about revenue, but no, I think it's just good to, we, we, we like to show people, you know, what it looks like. Um, yeah. And what you can do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, especially because I'm not a finance or a numbers girl. And I think that there is just so much potential out there for businesses and people just totally underestimate what they can achieve. Yeah. What would your advice be to that young girl or boy looking to start a business? Maybe they're the same age as you, 
21, 20, what would, you, what would your first steps be? Just start. I feel like everyone gets so hung up on the business name. I don't know if you guys have experienced this. <laughs> people <laughs> just sit down and go, first step, what am I going to call it? And they get stuck and they stop and they don't go any further. I honestly feel like your business name does not matter. Like the brand that you build around that is what gives it meaning. Mm-hmm. I honestly think just pick something random and start. Find your product, get going, fix the name later. 35 started as 35 millimeter Melbourne because I had no intention of turning it into an actual business. And then I very quickly learned that I didn't want to be confined to the Melbourne scene. Just because you started and you kind of got that feeling. Yeah, I was just flipping vintage cameras. It was kind of just like a side hustle in uni to bring in some extra cash. Wow. Do you, do you think soon you're going to need to bring others on board, scale the business in that way? I think so. I'm still a little bit undecided. I don't know that I want to be a CEO and manage people. It's not something I don't love having to be the boss. I'm creative and I like marketing and I like forward planning and product development, but I don't actually want to have to mentor people and monitor how people are completing their work. So I don't know just yet. No, well said. It's one of the toughest things in business. I think we all want to scale and grow. And then a lot of the times, you know, speaking with others, it's really, you're just, you have to manage emotions and people fluctuating, you know, which is pretty fair enough it's a pretty tough time you know coming out of COVID and people asking a lot of different questions but yeah that's a bit of a tough one Mm. Um, Mm. but Maddie what can we expect next from you I mean there's so much going on here and you have told us a few secrets off air that we probably can't talk about on air unless sorry that's the worst when you say I've got a secret and you can't speak about it yeah we're gonna get get some angry DMs now but we'll just direct those to your to your request come for me yeah yeah come for Maddie that's definitely no, anyway. Um, yeah. What what can we uh, disclose? Um, you got a new, few pr- new products. You yeah, say? we've got some new products in the pipeline. Um, we're focusing a lot on customization, so we're kind of sitting here trying to serve our existing customer base at the moment. We sell a product that you purchase once, and we don't really have the hugest repeat purchase rate because it's reusable. So we're kind of focusing on ways that we can service those existing customers to keep them engaged mm. with the brand. Have so you, have you gone about that, or how will you go about that? really focusing on how can people, we've had a lot of requests for people going, I want to personalize my camera. How can I decorate it? How can stickers. I add, yeah, stickers, accessories. So we're really focusing on that. We're looking at a few retailer exclusives, um, limited edition colorways. So we're kind of having a play around with what we can do in that space. You also have film, don't you as well? Yeah, yeah. H- how's that been? A world film shortage. Is that why you're laughing? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack, why do you got that, that face? The, the bane of my whole business. <laughs> Um, it's been hard. It's been a hard two years. I think especially because we launched and went like that straight away, just completely on a high for a few months. And then world film shortage got really bad, really set in and Kodak pretty much controls that entire supply chain. They have just started consistently delivering film shipments to Australia. So if you go online now, you can actually find film, um, which is great. So I think that I actually don't mind stocking Kodak as opposed to, creating our own film I just think that I'm happy to like they're trustworthy and as much as they're our biggest competitor I actually love their film so (laughs) you also kind of rely on them I suppose in a sense like yeah your own cameras right yeah absolutely if if people can't buy film then like yeah and they own that market like I'm not coming out there and trying to compete with that (laughs) you also mentioned to us that uh you want to try getting some overseas markets yeah the U.S. is the main one, it sounds like? Yeah. So the U.S. is the main one at the moment. Um, 
we're doing a little bit in the UK talking to a few retailers, but I think that I'm really focused on America at the moment and I think there's huge potential over there. How do you go about that? How do you go about getting your cameras into America? So we've we've just signed with a retailer who I started emailing in January. I reckon I emailed them maybe 20 times. No response. Wow. I love it. Just kept hitting them up. Um, eventually got a meeting, hopped on a call. They ghosted me for four months. I just emailed consistently every month and then got an email saying, sorry, we forgot. We'd love to range you. True love story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got so many friends. I've got friends who have like signed paperwork with major retailers and then nothing. Wow. So who knows? I could be like biting my tongue. We haven't received a purchase order yet, yeah, but I'm like, please so. don't go. So yeah. that's, you know, I, I'll, that's like, yeah, Maddie, there's one thing that's not that common on this podcast is people with that level of persistence, you know, and, I'm glad how open and transparent you are. It's You have to just be that annoying person. And oh, absolutely. I made a TikTok about how many times I emailed Laura, our buyer from The Iconic, who I'm quite good friends with now. And she thought it was hilarious because I was just in her inbox every week being like, hi, Laura, just following up. Yeah, I reckon like I'll, what a great lens to take. If you could make it like comedic almost, it's like, oh, I'm still here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm sure you've been having a few coffees. Like I'm existing, you know, whatever. Like put a little bit of a spin on it. I think so many people... In this day and age, like where TikToks go viral overnight and we're so getting, you know, preordained or, or just like set in that gratification where if you can hold out and just, I will well, use this a bit of an ugly word, like hustle, like yeah. bang, like results come. So yeah, I think there's something in that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if that falls through with that persistence, you know, you, you're going to find a retailer eventually. Yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely. Yeah. We had a retailer reach out and request samples from us the other day, there you go. and I was like, "What do you mean? We've already sent you like six samples and just yeah. received no response." Because I'll just find a retailer's address and send them some products. Yeah, smart. Just keep doing it. Mm. The whole office must have cameras by now. Yeah, <laughs> like, what are these things? <laughs> they don't want to range us, but they're all just having fun taking photos. Yeah, yeah like, you see it on their stories. Like, is that our? Yeah, <laughs> that I love it. Like, because I don't see enough of that, especially in Australia. It's like we're all just like complaining about more or less people I meet up with. It's like oh, I didn't get this opportunity, and I. You remind me of Janine, to be honest, Janine Alice, Maddie, because it's like. You're just not willing to, to fall down. You're like, it will happen. It's just a matter of when. And I'm yeah. going to be sending emails until it happens. Oh, absolutely. And I think that in Australia, we're so scared to be embarrassed. No mm. one wants to feel that way. And I just think, what do you have to lose? Wow. Yeah. Coming coming from a, a self-proclaimed introvert. Um, yeah. <laughs> you've obviously come a long way in the last two years. Which extroverted emails. Extroverted emails. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. It is, I, that's the yeah. beauty of business. Like it just... I think we can attest to that too. It's that you learn so much, you you, you grow, you, your confidence grows as you, you know, get knocked down, get back up, and and realize that it doesn't it doesn't hurt you or, or kill you. So, and your story just like exudes all of that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad you came on today, Maddie. Like, I think it's very timely. Our audience really would needs to hear this and continue to hear it because it's one of those things. Like, as soon as you adopt, like, I think your life really changes. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Thanks for coming on, Maddie. Thanks for coming no, on. Thank Maddie. you guys. It was so nice to chat.